the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. A belt, a breastplate, a shield, a helmet, a sword. What do all these things have in common? Well, they are types of armor. And uh, Bert, you know, a a prized possession I've got is based on Ephesians chapter 6, which speaks of the armor of God. We have a longtime family friend, and this particular man, his sister, uh, was a missionary and also a, a rather accomplished artist. And she drew a picture of a soldier. And she based it on Ephesians 6 that says that we are to put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And that word wiles there really means strategies. And so just like a soldier needs armor to fight and to be safe, the Christian needs the armor of God to stand, to live, to serve, to grow, and to follow Christ and withstand the schemes and the snares of Satan. And so, Bert, it's good that we can talk about these things, and isn't it good that God does equip us and and God does shield us for the spiritual battles of life? Amen. He says he doesn't leave us as orphans. And uh, that means he's with us, but then he not only is with us, but he equips us. That is just an awesome thought. And on this Memorial Day, what a time to be talking about the armor of God, that Mm -hmm. we are ready for battle. You know, I heard, I, I don't know where I've heard it first, but I've heard it and I've given them credit, but I don't know who to give credit to, but I heard it said, you know, Christians today want to go on luxury ships rather than battleships. And, oh. and a lot of truth is that, you know, and again, for those of you that go on the Bible study luxury trips, I'm not downing that at all, but I'm just saying we, we've we kind of had it easy in our day compared to many others of uh, saints around the world. But on this Memorial Day, we want to remember what God has done. And uh, so the armor of God, we need to remember to put it on every day. And Alex, that reminds me of something that I've experienced up in outside of Washington, D.C., in the Arlington National Cemetery, and that is the Tomb of the Unknowns, and the guards are the centuries that keep their post. They guard those tombs 24-7, and uh, they have to prepare. They have to put on their uniform every day. They have to prepare that uniform for the service that they're rendering to our country. If they do that with such prestige and do it with notoriety and do it so precise, how much important it is us for us to put on the armor of God each day before we go out into battle? I think the comparison is pretty neat. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, that is a very uh, solemn thing. And, you know, it's a holy thing, isn't it? Uh, just like there, there's something very inspiring and very, just very noble about a soldier faithfully at his post. And there's just something very precious, very sacred about the Christian. And, you know, that one of the beautiful things about serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and being a believer, being a disciple, 
a follower of Jesus. And yes, being in the Lord's army, and, and it most certainly is an army, and it's a battle. And Bert, I love the song, Onward Christian Soldiers Marching Off to War. Because, you know, the, the world, history itself is caught in the crossfire of this battle and what hangs in the balance are the souls of people. But we got to remember as a Christian, you know, putting on the armor of God, that we stand for and represent, and to a degree, we defend the high honor of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We do, and give a defense of the gospel. You use that yeah. scripture all the time. And and to really do it, it's just not you being mentally knowledgeable. It is you being morally fit for for what God has said so that they don't look at you and say, who are you talking? Have you ever heard this, that your life speaks so loudly I can't hear what you're saying? Mm. So, so what you want to do is have your life lined up. And I, let me give you a few facts about the guards at the tomb of the unknowns guarding it. And then yeah. let's transition into the, the what we're really wanting to do and share concerning uh, the armor of God. The tombs are guarded 24-7. No matter weather, no matter pandemic, those men and three women have served here uh, in the past. Three women have. Uh, the rest have been all men, and they serve 24-7 regardless of hurricanes, regardless of pandemics. And they come from the old guard. That's the oldest serving active infantry in the military. It's the 3rd wow. U.S. Infantry Regiment. I, I love this. I've seen it. I've witnessed this and just love the research on it. They're called the old guard, is if, if any out there is military-minded. And it's difficult. You have to request it. You apply for the position. And then they have an intense applicant where they train, where they test them and check and see about their knowledge of weaponry and how they can handle it, the steps more that they're physically fit, that they have a certain cadence. They're, they can't, it'd be tough for me because of my rhythm challenge in my life of <laughs> number. But they have military and their uniform preparation. They spend most of the time getting ready for their 30-minute or two-hour uh, time guarding the tombs. Most of that time is getting their uniform ready to do so. And uh, they, when they're on duty, they have their living quarters there underneath the Tomb of the Unknown. So they're ready to come at any moment, and they come and they change the guard. And, and the whole idea is that they are guarding these tombs. They, how that got in World War I, they had several unknown soldiers so they picked one, and they buried, buried him there. They did that in World War II. They did it in the Korean War. They did it in the Vietnam War, but because of DNA identification, they were able to identify him. And mm -hmm. so most because of scientific things, there's very few soldiers that would die today that would we would not be able to identify if they didn't have their dog tags on. They can do it through DNA. But sure. they still are honoring all of those men and women who have fought in our battles but they prepare their uniforms, and sometimes it takes up to eight hours a day to prepare their uniform, that they have to iron it, they have to do everything. Each one is, is each soldier is, is required, and it's their job to take care of their own uniform. One more thing, and then I will we'll change into the other. 
everything they do, if you go there, everything is based on 21. Now, you know the 21-gun salute, Alex? Right, sure. Okay, so they take 21 steps in one direction. They stop for 21 seconds. They turn and face the tomb for 21 seconds, and they then they turn back and start to march. They wait 21 seconds. They take 21 steps the other way, and then they repeat that process over and over again. They're very regimented. It is very important that they know the timing. Now, listen about the armor of God. You better know the timing of God. Not yes. a, You and I have talked about it all the time. Not just the will of God, but you better know the timing of the Lord because you, you're not flying very much anymore because of the pandemic. But you not only knew, didn't know, you had to know which uh, uh, airport to, uh, to, to, you know, to board in. You had to also know the airport that you were going to depart in. And you also had to know the time in which it would depart, didn't you, Alex? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, I grew up in a a family. My dad was a veteran. He was in World War II and uh, in the invasion of Normandy, and he had some decorations and some honors. So, yeah, I grew up in a very, very patriotic family, and my dad uh, didn't talk too, too much about being in the war, but he did talk about being in the service and, you know, being in the Navy and training. So, from childhood on, I've had a real respect for, you know, the soldiers. And I go to Fort Bragg a lot. I Here in North Carolina, Fort Bragg and Pope Air Force Base is, is not too, too far away. And if there's one thing that I've heard from folks that are in the military, for one thing is the concept of honor. You know, that that's a very high thing, honor to your country, to your family, to your company. And and I, I want to equate this to the great honor of being a follower of Christ, you know, being a soldier. And, you know, you've heard the saying, once a soldier, always a soldier. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard veterans say, you know, you can take the soldier out of the service, but you can't take the service out of the soldier, you know. And, and if you have been a soldier, to a degree, you're always a soldier. Uh, and by the way, if... Um, if you've been dishonorably discharged, as sometimes people are, they are not a soldier, really, in the eyes of those who were faithful. Now, Bert, um, I think here in the, the scheme of Christianity, we've got to remember what a high honor it is to be conscripted into the service of the Lord. I mean, really. Uh, just like Jesus, would, they called him rabbi or teacher, and he said, you know, a disciple is not above his master. Well, do you know in the in the the ancient world, if a if a rabbi would invite you, if you want, you may become one of my disciples. I mean, that was a big honor. That was a high honor. Now, I want to say this. I want your response. This thing about um, daily walking with the Savior, and reading the Word, and growing, and you know, being very proactive and being very intentional about serving the Lord, walking with the Lord, we represent the Lord. I think sometimes in American Christianity, um, we maybe forget what a holy thing the life of the disciple is is supposed to be. Um, we hear about the free, free grace and the freedom of the gospel, you know. Jesus paid it all, just accept Christ. And that's true. Don't get me wrong, that is true. We don't have to work for salvation. It's a free gift. However, Bert, I really do believe 
that if we have accepted the free gift of salvation, that comes with the high, high responsibility of putting on the armor of God, remembering we are not our own. Um, Yes, we are free in Christ, but we're also, as Paul said, bound as a slave, a bond slave to Christ. And, And Bert, maybe sometimes do we kind of forget a little bit about um, the the absolute commitment that is on the shoulders of the disciple. I know we do, and we Paul had to remind Timothy, as a good soldier, you know, expect hardness, hardness, uh, not yeah. a life of ease, but a life of service, and and that's what the military talk about. They we appreciate your service right now. Uh, during this pandemic, how many times we've talked about uh, the National Guards and, and the Army Reserves being called up, especially those in the medical field, and having to serve somewhere. Uh, recently, uh, a friend of ours had to, uh, she was called up in the Army Reserve. She had to go away from here in our area of northeast Mississippi and serve somewhere else, put her life on the line. Yes, she had all the protective stuff to keep her from the virus, but it was a service, and she just came back home just this uh, last week, and they celebrated her. She had a hero, and guess what it was? It was an honor to serve. Now, I think we need to have that in our mind as a soldier, a good soldier, as Paul said to Timothy. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, we serve and we serve under all conditions, just like the tomb of the unknown guards, under all conditions, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a snowstorm, regardless of the temperature, they're out there at their post. Now, Alex, uh, we need to remain at our post, you know. hasn't Absolutely. We need men and women to, quote, stand in the gap. We need men and women to walk on the walls to keep watch as a watchman, that's what they were called, to see if the enemy comes so they can warn others. And that's what you and I pray for, for our pastors that listen uh, on the radio to all the programs, that they be equipped to be able to be a watchman to warn their people that God's given responsibility for of of the things that, that the devil's going to bring into their life. So, yes, we serve but it reminds me of an old hymn, Alex, serve the Lord with gladness. Mm. You know? Absolutely. And, and we need to have that. Yes, it's a duty, but what a privilege it is, isn't it? Well, it is. And we serve the Lord with gladness. And, you know, um, I, I want to read a little bit from Ephesians um, six twelve here in a second. But um, I've said this before, and I, I believe you and I agree on it. One of the things to me that is such a thrill and such an exciting thing about being saved, sure, you know, the, the knowledge and the assurance that we're going to go to heaven when we die. Our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And, you know, death, whenever it comes, we're ready. Thank God for that. But one of the exciting things is to have a purpose in life. Um, I used to hear old-timers say, you know, stride with a purpose. In other words, a reason to live. And and a lot of people nowadays are despondent, and I know a lot of 20-somethings and younger that I talk to that um, they just— there's not a lot of hope. There's not for some, and they don't feel like there's just a, a reason to be excited about the future. But for the Christian, there is. I mean, we got a purpose. We are called into the greatest endeavor ever 
Christ's Great Commission. And, and let me just say this in terms of being a, a, a soldier of the cross, a disciple, a follower of the master. There's salvation and there's service. Mm. Salvation is when you admit your sin and you trust in Christ, you're born again. And, and you become uh, you know, conscripted into God's army by being saved, being born again. That's wonderful. That's exciting. But then there's this lifelong adventure this thrill ride, and oh my goodness, what an exciting thrill it is. And it's for every Christian to know the Lord, to grow, to experience endlessly um, wonderful things about God's faithfulness and God's presence, God's provision. And and Bert, we're so enthused about what it means to be a Christian because it, it truly is a never-ending, beautiful story as long as you live and and I guess one of the great perks, one of the one of the benefits of being a Christian is you have a purpose in life. Now, you might get sick with a disease, you might have a financial reversal, you might lose your job, you might have all manner of challenges. I, I get it. That's life down here. But no matter where you go, no matter what the day throws at you, for the Christian, there's this wonderful reason to live every day to experience Jesus, to share Jesus with others. And I just think one of the great benefits of being a Christian is that life has a purpose. Amen, Alex. So true. Listen to this, and then we need to get on these, you know, this armor. First of all, through service, we become more like Jesus. That's the whole idea. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. So when you serve, everybody talks about, well, how do I have the heart of God? You do it through prayer. Yes, you do it through, uh, through good choices, but you also do it through serving others. And the armor of God was given to us so we could withstand all the fiery darts of the wicked one, but also so we could go into the battle serving others. Let me read part of this, Alex, about putting on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, here it is, since we have this battle, since we know who the enemy is, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having uh, put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all things the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, real quickly, Alex, and you can do this. We'll have to do it quickly. But when we talk about that, it's the whole armor. Uh, it's important to have every piece in place, isn't it? It is, not the partial armor. And, uh, you know, this is probably not a great illustration, but uh, have you ever caught a baseball or a softball without a glove on? Um, I, I, I'm not <laughs> sure. I, slow, not fast pitch. <laughs> um, I, well, you know, um, early in our marriage, uh, we played a lot of church softball. 
and I love to do that. Uh, but let me tell you, um, I have been in the outfield, and I've caught a fly ball without a glove. And it's not something you want to do, I assure you, But because uh, it, it really stings. And, I mean, that's a kind of a poor illustration. But just like uh, the person playing sports needs the right equipment, or they might get injured, uh, you, need a, you need a glove. If you're playing football, you need helmet and shoulder pads. Well, if you're in a battle, you need armor. And it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Look, the Christian life, and certainly Christian service, is definitely a wrestling match. It's a struggle. And we need the whole armor of God. And Bert, let me just say this. That's not something you can delegate to somebody else. I I love to listen to David Jeremiah. I like to listen to you, Bert. I do. I like to listen to uh, the old sermons of Billy Graham that are... Uh, available online. But as much as I have my spiritual heroes, I have to take it on myself to suit up every day in the armor of God. Amen. Just like we were talking about the guards at the Tomb of the Unknowns, they're responsible for their uniform. They don't come in like the NBA uh, players and their uniforms or the NFL and their uniforms or the major leagues. They're all laid out there for them. They've washed them. They take, they're responsible themselves. We're responsible to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, the tomb of the unknown, they've got to be morally fit. Guess what, Alex? They can be thrown out if they have misconduct either in duty or off of duty. Makes yeah. no difference. We're always on duty, and we're to have the breastplate of righteousness in our lives, our hearts, the vital parts of our lives. We're to also have the gospel of peace, those of your feet, that we're ready. We're peacemakers, you know? We're we're to look at that opportunity to help people come at peace with God. So this is some of the armor that we're to put on each day. Stand in front of that mirror and, and look at yourself. And in your mind, or even verbally sometimes, put on the harm, armor of God. Go remember Ephesians 6 and remember these and put it on each day because we're out there in the battle, even during quarantine, staying at home. We still need mm-hmm. the armor, don't we? We do. We do. Uh, you know, verse 12 of Ephesians 6 talks about, uh, you know, wrestling with principalities, and that's that connotes like a governmental structure. And Satan and his demons, they are they are to some degree organized, but we have the victory in the Holy Spirit, in the truth of God, the Word of God, the Son of God, powers against, now listen, the rulers of the darkness of this world. Bert, um, do, do you think even within the church sometimes we forget exactly how darkened the world has become? Oh, we have, and that's the reason we put these the shield of faith, because faith is that which overcomes the world even in its darkest times, and it's able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. We're not only understanding his wiles, but he throws those darts continually, trying to find a crack in the armor, you know, trying to find a place where he can penetrate in your life, and if he can penetrate in your life, then he can influence your life for evil. So you put this on. And you put on the helmet of salvation, Alex, so that you can be ready. Uh, know for sure. That's the reason First John is so important. You and I both tell people, after they get saved, read John's writings. Read the Gospel of John. Read First John. The book of First John says that you may know. But the last thing, because we're close to the end here, we find out that it says, 
put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. That's the only yeah. offensive weapon. That's the Word of God, isn't it? it? It is. It is. And, you know, when Jesus was tempted, he was in the wilderness 40 days. He fought the devil with the Word of God. That's why that you and I both, really, we urge people to know the Bible, read the Bible. Um, it's like meat and nourishment for your soul, but it's also power and protection against spiritual darkness. So just like the Tomb of the Unknown Guards put on their uniform each day to go to their post and stand guard, put on the armor of God in your life that you may be able to stand against all the fiery darts of the wicked one. <laughs> 